Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 16 of This is a Thing. This week, I speak with producing artistic director for Bad Habit Productions, Huntington BU Theater house manager, and Southern gentleman, Daniel Morris, y'all. Was he all too much? I think it might have been too much. Moving on. I hope you enjoy this interview because I did. And thank you to the Huntington Theater for allowing this little podcast to have a temporary home. One item before the interview, I don't know where you find This Is A Thing each week, but did you know that there are show notes for each episode on carrypod.com? You can find links to some of the things we talk about in each episode, past episodes you may have missed, as well as some bonus posts from time to time. You can also leave comments for each episode, which you know what? I would be delighted to read. So check it out. I hope you enjoy the interview. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of This is a Thing. Today, I am talking to Daniel Morris. Daniel, how's it shaking? Great. Great. I like that you're saying this is a thing confidently without I, the question. Thank you. I've been working on it. I've been doing affirmations. Now this is a thing. This is a thing. <laughs> Exclamation point. Um, yeah. And I also, in listening to uh, multiple episodes, other than, you know, having the wonderful experience of just hearing my own voice and questioning sometimes how people listen to me every day. Um, I also noticed that I, I was saying, how are you doing? You just start to notice things that you're repeating a lot. So now I'm trying to mix up the way I <laughs> query the guest about how they're, they're doing. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, thank you so much. We're in this beautiful room. I just feel people should know. Yeah, Below the Huntington. We, we are in the Huntington Donor Lounge. This is where all the fancy people come during the show. I feel pretty underdressed <laughs> to be here. <laughs> I should have worn a ball gown. Oh, well. You have on a tie. Yeah, but yeah, for this, just specifically for this. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I would have put on like mascara and everything. I would have done it up. <laughs> oh my goodness. So... I have so many questions for you because there are so many things I don't know about you and so much information not available on the internet, <laughs> uh, which is probably a good and bad thing. Like, so bad you're, for you're me, have already Facebook stalked me. Is that what you're saying? Um, I mean, <laughs> lightly. I was more looking um, for like articles and stuff just about, you know, to see, um, I'm going to let all my secrets out, but to see what <laughs> other questions people maybe have asked you before so I don't just like ask you the same things if they're in like five articles someplace because that's boring um but where are are you from you are not from massachusetts i'm not uh i claim memphis Mm -hmm. as where i'm from moved there in like the second grade stayed there through high school and went to college there so wow so was there up until i graduated college cool um how did you like memphis I liked it. You know, it, it was a big enough city for the, the South. We lived mm-hmm. in suburbs, um, then moved into the city and moved downtown during um, college and after college um, and liked that, you know, enough growing up and then was ready to not be there. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready to, for a change. Um, so where did you go to college? I went to a very small liberal arts college called Crichton College, which mm-hmm. actually doesn't exist anymore. Oh. Um, <laughs> after I graduated a few years later, they changed ownership and it became a new college and now it's something else. Oh, I thought yeah. you were going to say they were like, oh, we've already, we put out the best student <laughs> right. ever. We're done. Yeah. We're just going to call it quits. Drop yeah. the mic. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. 
Um, how does Memphis compare to like being in Boston? Like, I feel like um, people here sometimes have thoughts about the South <laughs> uh, that I sometimes contest. Yeah. But I do agree that there, you know, there are very there are differences between the areas. So, what are your thoughts? They are. There's there's a. Um, I am Southern. Everyone in my family is Southern. You know, mm-hmm. no one has lived up here. And um, it was kind of all I knew. Um, and then coming up here, there was just, uh, it's more fast pace. And there were a few more opportunities as far as arts and, and culture and things. And so um, there are a lot of a lot of differences between the two. Um, mm-hmm. I've noticed it mostly when I go back to the South and realize that like people walk slower and yeah. <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like I now am like in a hurry all the time <laughs> and everything's just a little more relaxed. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you feel like you are different? Cause how long have you been here now? I have been here about 12 years now. Oh, okay. That's a significant yeah. amount of time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel, you know, I would claim Boston, obviously, as mm-hmm. as home now. Um, but the accent still comes out whenever I go back for a few days. And people people like hearing that when they, when they come back. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever take it out here? Uh, only when, like, I am angry or possibly drunk. I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I feel like that's most people. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the times when whatever accent um, they have, I don't know, has just gotten lighter or maybe, you know, some people like unlearn an accent and then it's like a uh, few cocktails or just I'm so angry. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It just all comes out. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, so when you were in school, did you go for, what did you study? Uh, I studied uh, English Lit, mm-hmm. and um, no one told me that, like, you should be an English teacher or not mm-hmm. have a degree in English, but I have one, um, <laughs> and it was a um, communication major, um, okay. so it's kind of a double degree. I say that I have a double major. Um, I actually uh, have a interdisciplinary studies with concentrations in English and communication is what it says on my degree. Um, you should say that. I don't fancy. put that on resumes because people think I made it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I did, I did theater in college and high school, but there wasn't a, a program in the school. Oh, yeah. oh, you should have just added that to your, I should have just tagged on. I probably could have at that point that could probably just put whatever I want. Like whatever. We're not, we don't even know anymore. Do whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ooh, I just kicked something. I'm sorry, theater. Nice room. (laughs) Um, So did you, like, want to do stuff in the theater world and weren't sure how to fit it in, or did that come later in life? Um, That kind of came later. Um, I was one of the typical college students who just didn't know what they wanted to do and took classes that that I liked. Mm -hmm. Um, And with an interdisciplinary studies, I was able to do something like that. Um, but was in, you know, the shows and worked for the theater departments and, um, did a lot of tech stuff Mm -hmm. there. Um, and it was rare to find somebody who was doing both the on stage and off the stage and the college didn't really know what to do with that. (laughs) Um, so it wasn't until towards the end of college that I started to fall into directing and it made more sense of, oh, this is something that 
actually is all of these things that I'm interested in all at once. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, when you were performing, like, what are your signature roles? <sighs> Nobody, nobody's ever asked me this. Wow. Um, we're nothing I but groundbreaking was, um, <laughs> Rooster and Annie in okay. high school. Um, I was Demetrius in Midsummer Night's Dream, um, and Claudio in Much Ado, and that's about it. You know, I did a few other ones that maybe no. I was in Joseph. Yeah. Um, I was in Camelot and Godspell and a lot of musicals. Do you have a favorite of any of those? Um, Rooster was fun because mm-hmm. it's such a happy musical and it's such everyone's like, let's love this child and yeah. anyone who's actually done musical theater with children and dogs know that that's not actually the most fun part of musical theater. And so I liked being the one that could talk about, you know, killing Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's lovely. Yeah, (laughs) She was lovely too, but I'm sure I'm sure. But But like, you know, eight, eight year old dancers in a musical, it's, it's, you know, not the most fun. It can be tough. (laughs) Um, so what brought you to Massachusetts? Um, so this is a funny story. Um, I was ready to go somewhere, um, and didn't know where, uh, to move to, Mm -hmm. um, and was ready just to, to pick up and go anywhere. Um, my parents had already moved to Georgia where they're now, uh, when I started college. So I was in college without family around and, uh, took an online test called findyourspot.com um and it said that I should move to Boston so I came up here and actually because it said that I started to talk to people about Boston and um I had I didn't meet anyone who regretted living in Boston like it was a transitional place for a lot of people a lot of people obviously went to college here and no one was like, oh, I hated my time in Boston, which I did find for a lot of the other cities. Interesting. Um, and so I came and visited for a weekend um, over to Labor Day weekend and fell in love with it and moved about six weeks later. Wow. Yeah. The internet just helping people <laughs> right, out. Right, right. I love it. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I totally just lost my train of thought because I was thinking so many things about that <laughs> that little scenario. I feel like I've taken quizzes like that before, but I've never like taken just an action moved. on it. <laughs> but maybe I mean, how, do you regret the decision? No, I mean the I moved in two thousand four, which was before last year, the biggest like snow winter we had mm-hmm. after that and so there were definitely some times then <laughs> that I regretted it yeah. um and uh you know it 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 took a while to get my footing here and figure out the theater scene and what I wanted to do but but not not too long I you know a year later I was happy yeah is there a <laughs> lot well I guess there would be but winters are a lot harsher here than they would be oh in yeah Memphis obviously because yeah. I know how geography works <laughs> Oh, I'm so smart. Um, yeah, that would be tough. Like, I was feeling bad um, last winter. Even the winter before, I knew some people who had just moved here from warmer climates. And I was like, 
practice is yeah, really it's, hard it's to, to <laughs> come into when they were moving, like got here in like November. So it's like they didn't even get like beautiful summer to enjoy and then, you know, feel the winter. It was just like they were like cast in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a little tough, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that lo- note, let's take just a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, you. I got to tell you something. You are killing it this week. If I had to rate how you're doing this week, I would say it's like five stars out of five. You know what else has the same five-star rating? This podcast and iTunes. Do you see what I did there? Thank you so much for the reviews we've received so far, but they're a little lonely. So I would love it if you could head over to the iTunes store and rate This Is A Thing and leave me a review. Our favorite is five stars, but every review is appreciated because they help other people find this podcast. Also, seriously, you are owning this week like a boss. We are all so proud of you. Keep it up. And we're back. Daniel, I had a lot of fun doing aerobics with you. Yeah, that was great. It was good. I feel good now. (laughs) Healthy. So when you, we were just talking about uh, you moving here. So did you come to Boston like with, what was your intention of moving? Like just a change of space or did you know what you wanted to do at that point? Um, I knew a lot of things that I wanted to do. Teaching theater was one of them that I may be doing at some point in my life, but uh-huh. I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, I knew that I wanted to direct and I knew that um, I just wanted to be in a city where the, there were more possibilities to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um I was actually working with the Hard Rock Cafe Memphis, um, and that's one of the big reasons I could um, move easily is because I transferred oh. to Hard Rock Cafe Boston and had a job here when when I got here. Wow. Are there yeah. secrets of the Hard Rock Cafe? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's always nice, though, when you can just transfer to, yeah. like, a different city, you know? Yeah. Um, this is... I'm totally getting sidetracked by Hyde Rock Cafe. <laughs> I just have a couple of questions. Okay. <laughs> the artifacts are different in each yes. cafe, yes? How do they decide? Do they have, like, a curator? So, there's a place in... So, I was actually a trainer uh, oh, at Hyde Rock Cafe, so I had right. to, like, explain all of this and I'll you know, this was a long time ago, but I'll remember all of it. Um, there was, there's a place in Florida, in Orlando, which is like the big one, the big mm-hmm. hard rock cafe. Um, and there's a storage unit there that holds, I think, up to three stores worth of memorabilia. Wow. That they say gets rotated in and out, but I worked there for a while and did not see anything come in or out. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all real stuff. Um, that gets mostly donated to the corporation and they just put up new stuff. I worked at the old location that was um, across from where Lyric Stage is, which is how I transferred into Lyric Stage as I kind of got that relationship going across the street. Um, But uh, yeah, there's, there's all of it's real, you know, Muhammad Ali's boxing gloves were there. um, There were, which, you know, was, is, weird for the Hard Rock Cafe to own something like that, but <laughs> um, Madonna's corset was there. Ooh, that's um, th- yeah, there was some, some fun stuff. Do you get to touch the artifacts? Yeah. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> Did they let you try on the corset? There the was a point where, like, in the Memphis one, they had, like, a Johnny Cash wall, and they had one of Elvis's hats, and somebody was cleaning it, and I actually put it on at one point. Cause, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
Which I, um, like, did you have to sneak in front of that? Or? Um, you know, like the, no people knew. That's yeah. That's great. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe I'm a nerd, but I think that's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> um, so you said working there, I uh, started a relationship with lyric across the street. So how's the, how did that work? Yeah. So, um, Lyric Stage uh, used to give comp tickets to people uh, at the Hard Rock across the street. They used to do a lot of their opening night parties there, and the nobody wanted to go, and I used to go to the Lyric shows um, as the like Hard Rock guy. Yeah. Um, and then one day, I just walked across the street and gave them my resume and was like, I'd like to work here. And they were like, we actually need a house manager. And so uh, they hired me. That's Wow, that's so great. Yeah. I love stories like that of people, um, I don't, like, just going out on a limb because, like, the, what are they going to say? No? Right. Fine. Right. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So, oh, all right. So then how long did you work there? Uh, I worked at the Lyric for, I think, like, four or five seasons, mm-hmm. um, starting in uh, probably 2006. Um, for people who may not know, like, what does a house manager do? Um, so sometimes it depends on the theater. Um, mm-hmm. The um, house manager, I see it as someone who's in charge of of the audience, getting the audience in, but also then um, being the other half with the stage manager, protecting the show in a way that the stage manager is calling the show, but the house manager is... Um, protecting the audience from doing crazy things, um, <laughs> from uh, us just seating somebody, you know, in the front row or on the stage, as sometimes it is, yeah. um, and um, just helping the flow of the evening so that everyone has a great, you know, gets out alive. That's important. <laughs> yeah. People like that, you yeah. know, to go home alive. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, what I just said. Uh, are they kind of like an ambassador for the theater, too? Sure, of? sure. It's one of those things where it, it can be, you know, it's a job that nobody else wants to do in theater mm-hmm. um, because it's dealing with the general public, and the mm-hmm. general public can be sometimes crazy. Um, yeah. But it's the best, you know, customer service that's um, customer service job, I think, because people are there to see a show. Like, they're there to do something that they want to do and that's exciting. Right. It's better than, you know, some of the other customer service jobs out there. Yeah, I didn't think about that actually. Yeah. Like people come and they're excited to do a thing and you just kind of have to make sure their experience of doing that thing is Yeah. Cool I mean, sometimes it- you have to remind them that that's why they're there. You're like, <laughs> "Oh, you're upset the bar is closed, but is that why you're here?" That's true. <laughs> Very true. You, did you come to get wasted or right. did you come to see a show? So just let, put our priorities in check here. Right. Um, that's, oh, that's a really neat story. So um, then what, after Lyric, like, how did you transition? Because now you're working at the Huntington. Right. So how did you, um, was that I was working at, um, so Lyric was a part-time job. Um, I was also working at, um, a consulting firm um, that's in the WGBH building um, and was there for about three or four years. Um, And I worked at the Tribe Theater, which is an improv theater that that was at Buzz Boston. Do you remember where Buzz Boston? It's the theater district. Um, I I worked with them as they were transitioning out of the CanTab. Um, so they were at the Cantab in Central Square. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it was a it was a improv theater, um, and I did a lot of tech for them, and went through their director training program there, and um, did shows with them until they closed. And I actually had a show that was going up, um, and when they closed, so we already had the show ready and rehearsed. So we kind of just kept doing it, oh. um, and performed <laughs> at a lot of different places, and probably Boston, and probably Asylum performed at the medieval manor at one point really yes did you wear the medieval um, costume no Darn no <laughs> um and kind of that's where bhp spun from okay. um and then meanwhile i was working at a business consulting firm and i worked at improv boston after that and then then i've been here at the huntington for five seasons oh that's awesome so what yeah. what is your role here i think I know, but I don't want to embarrass so myself. So I am the front house manager for the BU Theater, which is this building. Um, so I house manage all of the Huntington shows that are in this building, as well as the BU shows and any other shows that we're in. Oh, okay, cool. Um, backtracking to something that you just said. So you were talking about the um, the training program that you went through with the improv group. So where, um, when you were doing the show, were you directing the shows or were you in the shows or both? So, um, I was stage managing the shows to Mm -hmm. begin with. Uh, then I went through the director training program and, um, as the assignment for the, for each round, uh, we had to direct a show. Um, so I directed one and then I went through a second round and directed a show, um, called Bartlett High Presents, which was based, it was a long form improv based on high school theater. Um, Bartlett High is the name of my high school. I love it. Um, And that is the one that toured outside of the tribe because the tribe closed before it went up on stage. Oh, okay. What, um, so like, what are the differences this might be a dumb question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what are the differences between directing like an improv show and directing like just a like a straight play that like a scripted? Yeah, item? that's a, that's a great question. I um, so my parents still are confused in what I do in life and <laughs> explaining to them like the Huntington versus BHP is not something that I still think they really understand. Yeah. Um, they just know theater. Um, and because BHP performs in the same building that the Huntington does, there's no way that they're going to ever really understand <laughs> what I do or what the company is. Um, um, sorry, I should just say quickly for anybody who's not aware, BHP is Bad Habit Productions, which is the theater company that Daniel founded yes. and runs and directs and is like the God of? That sounds a little <laughs> That's what my card said. The God of <laughs> Bad Habit Productions. Yes. I think um, <laughs> I made a new title for you. <laughs> um, so sorry. So anyway, uh, so the, you were talking about um, the Explain, difference in yeah. directing and your role. And so things. explaining to my parents, my dad was a football coach, and so explaining it in sports terms was something that I found helpful. Um, I'm probably going to get really confused. Yeah. <laughs> so I was explaining that like when you do a sport – um, you learn the rules, you learn the the game, you learn how to work together, you learn what to happen in different scenarios, and that became kind of what directing improv was like. Um, and w- what I was doing was long form with character base, so we actually created characters that they um, played on stage instead okay. of creating on stage in front of the audience, meaning the characters already, the relationships already existed, but the situations didn't. Okay. Um, and so that became what the the show was. Um, and there was a point where my, I, my dad started to understand that um, yeah. because it was like 
the fact that you don't know what's going to happen when you go out on the football field, Mm -hmm. but you know the rules, you know your players, you know what to do in different scenarios, and that's the most um, recognition I got from him of understanding what, (laughs) what we were doing. So then, so as the director of one of those pieces, like you're making sure that everybody's sticking to the rules and staying true to the characters that have been created and kind of being the arbiter, sure, of those things. Sure. That's the role. Okay. That's really interesting. So then in that form, I really, I'm going to show that I don't know that much about improv. Um, so are you getting like the scenarios from the audience or are you just coming up with them yourselves? Um, both. Uh, the first show we did, so Bartlett High um, was about, um, like I said, a high school theater. Um, so we were playing with the stereotypes. Um, and we actually had the audience choose a genre of theater that the show was based on that day. I um, love this. So we did <laughs> musicals, we did Shakespeare, we did, um, you know, some some stoppered we did you know like the audience actually chose what what the structure was for that night um so um they there were a few times throughout the show where we got suggestions of what was going to happen um but a lot of it was um based on the relationship they already had established wow that sounds really fun yeah like a fun fun. show to watch and to do for performers like that yeah that's cool um so then you said that part of that is where Bad Habit came from? So yeah, so I had a, um, a co-founder, um, and we she was producing the um, improv troupe. And we, Bar- so Bartlett High Presents, we got known as BHP. Um, oh. And chose a title for our theater company that still stuck with those, with us still being BHP. Um, but there was a point where we were producing all of this improv and looked at each other and were, and said that what we really wanted to do was scripted shows. Um, so we chose the first season, some shows that helped us move in from improv into, um, into scripted works. And that's what we count as the first season of BHP. Wow. How was that transition? Was that difficult? Um, sort of, because we were moving from a troop-based um, shows uh we're basing the shows on the troops to auditions and per show um you know it when you start a theater company you gotta know how to do it all and sometimes you gotta know how to do it all well um and so (laughs) that was the first the tricky part is figuring out how to not just cast and produce but market and develop wow um so I was looking at the Bad Habit uh, website today, um, and I, you know, I saw the mission statement and everything. And I know, you know, many organizations have mission statements, but how do you, so especially with that transition and sort of the way that the company originated, like how 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 did you come up with your mission statement and kind of focus yourselves and decide what what lane you wanted to be in, I guess, if I can use yeah, that Yeah, um, something that I think has been really important is making sure that the company evolves with the community and with the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always been about um, finding opportunities for people. Uh, we started as something that was, was more of a training program, more of that first out-of-college gig so that people could take what they've learned and actually 
um, expand on it. And then when we, when people went on to do bigger things, we saw that as as growth and positive for us. Yeah. Um, and I think there's still a lot of that. Um, we've moved recently into um, family shows in the last two years, um, and I think that has a direct result of of us. Um, having nieces and nephews and a lot of staff members having kids and our lives changing and yeah. seeing a need for something new. Um, so that providing audiences opportunities is also something that we've kind of, we've kind of expanded on and that we just want to, we want to produce theater for people like us. Yeah. Uh, so with, you mentioned your family shows, so your family shows are like super interactive and, um, you know, I know you guys are comfortable, like a kid's like, I'm going to wander on stage yeah. and you're like, great, <laughs> yeah. bring it. Um, what, where did the idea for that approach come from? Like, was it intentional or was it just sort of something that happened? Um, we did a lot of interviewing parents before we jumped into this of, of kind of exploring what, uh, parents want. And the kind of biggest feedback we got was if you're, if my kid likes your show, then I will be grateful to you. If I like your show, then I will come back. <laughs> um, and so we took that to heart and, and there was a few times in the early, um, the early shows that we did where, um, I had a parent come up to me and said, thank you for not talking down to my child. Thank you for like acknowledging their intelligence and giving them things that they can learn from, but like explore their own self. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was part of it is that we want to, we want there to be things that, that do go over kids heads that the parents appreciate and understand. And we, you know, we do want to have some fun, silly things where kids can run around and, um, recently two of my good friends, uh, twins came and they have just learned that if they run in different directions, they're harder to catch, right? They've literally just learned how to run. And the whole show, that is all that they did is oh run gosh. around and, you know, there's wigs and, and dresses and things. And the, and we, we all, their parents thought that we, they were going to, the lights would come up and they would not Get run around the stage. Um, but they did. Oh, they were oh, just I all over the stage. And it was great because the show's built to be, so interactive that it made sense. That sounds kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure for that parent, I feel like situations like that, I almost don't, mm, I guess it depends on exactly what's happening, but many times I feel worse for the parent. <laughs> right. Because I'm like, this is just worse for you. Like you are so much more stressed out about this than most of us are right yeah. now. And I'm just, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um, I love that though. I love that environment where um, especially, I think that uh, Ashley, uh, and I talked about this when she was on, that it's good to have a place where young people can come and kind of like learn how to be an audience. But it's okay if you make mistakes and you're not like the best audience the first time because we're figuring this out and it's safe and it's not like, um, you know, your parents spent like $90 to take you <laughs> to like right. the ballet or right. something and they're like, oh man, you know, it's still, um, it's affordable so that they're, they don't feel like they're ruining someone else's very expensive evening but right. at the same time they're getting like a quality performance and um like a a good experience for their whole family 
um, which I think is what you guys are going for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. How does that go in hand with the adult shows that you're doing during the season? Um, so we do them in rep. Um, they're two different casts, um, two different directors, uh, but we uh, have a few designers that are doing both. Um, obviously, the lighting designer and the set designer are going to need to think about both shows Um as, so it, it does sometimes mean two weeks of tech because uh, we tech the first show, get it up, get it through preview and um, and press, and then immediately go into another couple days of teching the family show. Um, so it's a little it's a little crazy, um, but um, they're all they're both different products. Um, and sometimes we have parents who come then see the main stage show and then bring their their kids, but usually they're they're just different audiences Mm -hmm. um and it's been fun to to create something that are just so different um we had someone at one point explain uh that we were doing um so we were doing someone to watch over me which was a a show about uh three men in prison and we were our first family show was in rep with that Mm -hmm. and someone was explaining the show that that it was the junior version of the um (laughs) of the main stage show and we were like no 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 they are actually completely different things that have nothing to do with each other Gosh, can you imagine? Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's just it's like three yeah. three little boys in juvie. <laughs> right. um, oh my gosh. Um, well, how do you feel about so you've you know started this company and it's going well? Like, how does that feel? For uh, you? It feels great. It feels um, busy. Yeah, very very busy. Um, but it feels great. You know, I still am. Gonna, we're we're about to announce season ten soon. And I still am at a place where I get surprised when people know, have heard of Bad Habit Productions, yeah. you know? And I'm like, oh, you know, and they're, yes, you've been around for a little while. And, and like won oh. some awards and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. You're but, legit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's still that moment of, oh, good, you've heard of this. Yeah. I get, Do you think that feeling goes away? I don't know. Like at season know. 20, will you still be like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> We're the, one, they're the theater company that just did not die 20 years later. Um, hey, keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had another question for you. It was, uh, do you think that you'll ever use your like improv directing skills? Like with Bad Habit ever do something like that? Or do you feel like you use them? I do feel like I use them. Um, I think a lot of improv is about getting actors on to the same wavelength right before you go on. Um, and I found that to be especially useful in directing family shows because you need them to be prepared for whatever can happen. And there's a structure and there's, there's a script and they know what needs to happen. But kids know when it's, it's canned, you know, kids know when you're, you're not actually talking to them or like connecting with them. And, and that opens us up to accepting whatever's going to happen. And that's a lot like improv. Oh, True. Very wise. You're wise. I'm learning things right now. Hello again. I forgot to tell you some things earlier. Number one, your hair looks so good today. Like, really great. Like, I don't know if you got a new conditioner or some other type of emollient or, or something that you're using in it, but I mean, you look fantastic. 
Um, here's a couple of other things I wanted to share with you. If you have any questions or comments about the show, suggestions for guests, or you just want to tell me how much you love it, uh, you can email me at carriepodnow at gmail.com. You can also look up my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash this is a thing. We are also on Instagram. You can find me at carriepod um, or on Twitter. It's at carriepod there as well. I would love to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening. So we were talking about lots of things with bad habit and like starting it and everything. Uh, I'm wondering, since like I've started a thing, what do you, do you feel like you have, like what are the biggest things you feel like you've learned along the way? Oh, um, biggest things I've learned. Um, I think a key to doing a bunch of stuff all at once is planning it out, like knowing your schedule and like, and being really organized um because you know i have a job where i work at nights and theater is at nights and rehearsals are at nights and so therefore i have to be extremely planned out of of you know it's people joke that like i need to know what i'm doing six months from now but i i do um (laughs) and so i think that is a big part of it is is learning how to balance your time and also you know balance your own personal time and mm-hmm. making sure that there's time for that as well. Um, but that's been the, the kind of the biggest thing is, is knowing when to say no and when to say yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Do you feel like you're a naturally organized person? No. Like, have you always been that way? No, no, I, it is a daily struggle to be organized and you know, I don't know what people did before Google calendar or things like that, but you know, that's where I, live now. <laughs> I was going to ask if you had like tips and tricks. So it, do you like live by Google calendar? Do you have other like post-it notes on your um, car dashboard? Colored <laughs> post-it notes are, you know, helpful. Um, I recently got a planner. Um, so that's new just to start to write things down, but they're all in, they're all on the internet, Google, you know, anyway. So yeah, I feel like I like a handwritten planner. I feel like I remember it more. Yeah. Then, like, yeah. I don't know if that's just, like, I'm old. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like um, if I write things down, then it's like I can visualize it later. Whereas if I type it into something, I'm like, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I don't know what's <laughs> happening in half an hour. Um, that is cool. Okay, well, right now I have a silly game to play with you. Okay. Um, if you listen to other episodes <laughs> of this podcast, you perhaps have heard of this game. Um, do you have any suggestions for names of this For thing? names of the game? Yes. Wh- which, which game is this? Is this, this the, is the, the card um, game? Oh, no. The bag is coming out. I just want to... The bag's out, but my special cards aren't in here because you know why? <laughs> it wasn't on a calendar, as Daniel just noted. <laughs> I didn't have a colored post-it she, note. She brought the bag without... I think they're in my house somewhere. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I'm just going to pull some things out of my head. Okay. It'll be fun. It'll be great. Um, okay. So... Uh, the way that this game works, um, I think you know, but just for anybody who's new, um, normally there's cards that are absent today, um, and someone picks three, and then they read the three topics aloud, um, and from those, they come up with some form of like production or artistic work. I don't want to always fence people into theater, so... If you want this to be like a spoken word poem, have at it, um, or a dance concert or something. <laughs> um, so uh, the things I'm picking are saddle shoes, 
Barack Obama and blueberries. Blueberries. Barack Obama saddle shoes. Okay. Um, we, you know, we talked a lot about children's theater. So I feel like I would really enjoy Barack Obama starring in children's theater. Uh, oh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, wearing saddle shoes, obviously. I, all the time. Um, I think that it would be funny if it was a musical children's theater. Um, and maybe we use the um, Strawberry Shortcake's friend, the blue... Wasn't there a blueberry one? I think so. It probably smell I like blueberries, love it. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and as the other, you know, it's a two-person show. Just, just okay. Mrs. Blueberry and Barack Obama. Is Mrs. Blueberry played by Michelle Obama, or do we just we switch it out for somebody? No, it's like the cartoon, like like the oh. actual cartoon version of Mrs. She she exists somewhere, right? So she's, there's got to be like a. I think so. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna Google this, of course, and put it in the notes of this yeah. episode. Um, I love this. So so she's animated. Right. He is live action. Right. Oh. Right. This is fantastic. Yeah. Lots of lots of uh, special effects. You know, Michelle comes in and does a little aerobic thing. Just just a does little she break rap? in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She raps and she mom dances for just a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would see that. Um, what kind, like, what kinds of subject matter do they have in the show? Um, they would talk a little bit about um, nutrition, mm-hmm. um, but not getting too weird because she's played by a blueberry, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so we talk about um, aerobics. Um, we, there's maybe uh, some yoga. Barack Obama does yoga with us and teaches us some poses. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> I want this to have Barack Obama, President Obama. Yeah. You're going to have some time. Right. In a right. little bit. Come on up here. <laughs> Get this thing going. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You could have a, a YouTube channel and it could be like BHP Presents and have educational television starring like a former POTUS. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how exciting. Yeah, we could we could probably like just mesh that together, right? Yeah. Just old clips of Strawberry Shortcake and just put it all put it all together. This is happening. Yeah. Okay. All right. We we have time Great. too. We have time Great. to plan. We have to Yes. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. Where can people see your work and things? So uh, the next BHP show is called Speech and Debate by Stephen Karam. Uh, it's going to be at the Calderwood Pavilion on March 26th, starting. Uh, runs for three weeks. And then in rep with that is uh, a family show that we have developed called Oh Happy Port, which explores the city of Boston. Um, and that's going to start on April 2nd, the next week. Um, I'm also directing You're in Town with Longwood Players, uh, which opens on May 6th. And we're announcing season uh 10 uh on march 30th cool do you want to give a sneak peek here um i can tell you that one of the titles was already said on your podcast um and i can tell you that i went after three very big different things and we are doing all of them that's exciting yeah Oh, you guys, there's clues. So just listen a second time. It'll be great. Will we ever see you on the Bad Habit stage? 
Um, or a stage in, in the city? I have made some appearances on our On Tap series, mm-hmm. uh, which is where we uh, do fun things at the Burren on brunch time. Um, and that's about it. That's about it? That's you know, So you're saying... I, there has to be drinking good. involved, basically. Oh. I mean, you can make that happen. <laughs> right. <It's> true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, lovely. Well, it's been so great to talk to you today. And um, I don't have a sign-off line. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to come up with one. I'm just going to put someone on the spot every week. So what do you think uh, the sign-off should be today? Um, I think the sign-off should be, and then we're done. Ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that could stick Very around. Very definitive. Yeah. Okay. And then we're done. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>